Watagwan, peeps, Watagwan. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day, wherever you are. I'm sorry if my voice is a little bit hoarse. I've been doing a lot of lives lately. And if you are interested and you're into tarot, you're into spirituality, come and join me on Valerie's Naturals, Oracles, either on TikTok, on YouTube, on especially Patreon, where the Watagwan Soul family is at. But anyway, well, today we're reading the third part of chapter one of The Reluctant buddhist okay and it starts off with buddhism and the dilemma of suffering so suffering is the human dilemma we just don't understand it and we don't know how to cope with it no one wants to su no one wants suffering no one wants difficulties and problems in their life the common sense view therefore is that what we have to do is to eliminate them insulate ourselves from them arrange our lives in such a way that they don't trouble us anymore once again however buddhism buddhism presents us with an unusual paradox basically it teaches that the problems and the difficulties and the anxiety making challenges that we all encounter as we go through life and that we all spend so much time and energy and ingenuity in of trying to avoid are in fact valuable. More than that, they're essential to our genuine well-being and our true happiness in life. They provide, it argues, the only available means for getting the very most out of who we are, for becoming the strongest, the happiest, the more resilient and optimistic individual that we are capable of being. If that strikes you as being a somewhat eccentric, not to say perverse pro proposition, I can only say that this is precisely how it struck me when I first encountered it. Who needs problems? But of course, needing them isn't the issue. It's handling them when they occur that gives us so much trouble. When everything is going well, it goes without saying that we all prefer to focus on the sunshine and the happiness in our lives. But as we all know only too well, sunshine and happiness are scarcely permanent conditions. Reality has a nasty habit of intruding. Love turns to heartbreak, wealth turns to poverty, harmony to conflict, health to sickness and peace to war. The plain fact is, is that we are conditioned in all sorts of ways, pretty much from our earliest childhood, to respond to problems and difficulties negatively, to see them as, as the bane of our lives, to be avoided almost without the cost, when at one whatever the cost but since they inevitably continue to occur in our lives thick and fast so does the negative response it's not unlike Pavel's dogs the natural result is that problems and challenges become intrinsically associated in our minds with anxiety and concern the key to unlocking this situation buddhism teaches is to see the situation for what it really is it is not so much the problem that is causing the suffering as the response to it. That may seem as unreal distinction, but in fact, it is a fundamentally important one. So fundamental that once we grasp it, it can change our whole lives from the inside out. Buddhism argues that whether the problem is a cause of suffering or a source of personal growth depends essentially on our attitude towards it. Are you getting the message, Collective? <laughs> 
There are, of course, plenty of physical parallels. No weightlifter, for example, develops greater muscle power by lifting lighter and lighter weights. No athlete can achieve peak fitness by avoiding the pain that comes from the toughest training. Indeed, it's commonplace for athletes to talk of pushing themselves through the pain barrier. If the athlete chooses to adopt softer and easier routines, then he can kiss goodbye to such in success in competition to achieve their best performance we take it for granted that athletes and sportsmen have to put themselves through the mill create the conditions that provide the strongest resistance or the greatest difficulty and then push themselves through the resistance and overcome that difficulty they emerge on the other side as stronger more resilient more capable athletes not to mention happier ones it doesn't come easy they have to learn how to do it. This is what training is all about. It's tough. Buddhism was created out of the perception that life itself is tough and that how we choose to respond to that toughness determines the nature of our life. Not just for some of us, but for all of us, without exception. For those who have a generous supply of the world's goods as well as for those who don't, it's just that the nature of the toughness is different. There is no perfect insulation that we can erect to keep at bay the stresses and strains that comes with humanity. Not status, not wealth, not success, nor power. Material pro prosperity may change the superficial circumstances. It may get rid of hunger and cold, but it doesn't change fundamentally the nature of the human condition. We are all, in that sense, in the same boat. And never, perhaps, has that been more evident than in the so-called age of celebrity, when the lives of those who have the slightest claim to fame are laid bare before us every day of the week in the newspapers and on the television. Scratch a princess or a prime minister or a movie star, and however glamorous or shining their lives may seem from the outside, the reality is, of course, that they go through exactly the same pains as the rest of us. Indeed, more or more extreme in many cases. Wealth and success brings their own pressures. The strange thing is that despite all the lessons we get from our own lives in a never demanding stream, we often choose to deny the reality. We like to see the constant stream of problems and challenges that we face as being somehow a deviation from the norm. This is not really how my life is, we say to ourselves. I just have to get through this tough patch and then things will straighten out. I get back on an even keel. We know for certain that once we get over that little local difficulty we happen to be having at that moment, this practice particular financial crisis or the conflict was we're having at work or the argument we're involved in with our partner or whatever then we're sure our life will return it to normal state of calm and equilibrity that's the life state we want a life without problems it doesn't exist of course the current crop of problems will be replaced by the next crop and so on they are as natural a part of our life on this planet as gravity. And just as apples always fall downwards, so human life is filled with complexity and challenge. Thus, Buddhism isn't in any way about escapism, about finding some refuge from the thr thrust and pace and, and troubling complexity of modern life in some inner med meditative sanctuary. Nor is it about st stoicism, 
learning how to tough it out or about learning how to remain immensely calm when all around you are losing their heads. None of that or indeed anything like that. Above all, perhaps it's about challenge. Right as uh, right at the very heart of Buddhism lies the notion that although we cannot change the inherently challenging nature of human life, it is possible to change fundamentally our attitude towards those challenges. That may seem a pretty obvious statement, banal even. Is that all, you might ask? But the difference is in attitude, Buddhism argues, is crucial to achieving a difference in outcome. Whether a problem that rises in our lives causes suffering or it seems to be a source of growth dependent, depends fundamentally on our attitude to ourselves, first of all, and to the, the situation that we happen to be in. But as we all know, few things are more difficult to achieve than profound changes in patterns and thought and behaviour that we have spent years grooving into our daily lives. They represent nothing less than who we are and changing who we are is a tough challenge. Buddhist practice is focused essentially on achieving that attitude change, releasing a whole new source of energy and determination. We can't simply think our way into it. From now on, I'm going to live like this. It simply doesn't work. We have to learn how to make the change, just as the athlete has to train to grow new muscles and to improve his reflexes, to get the best out of his body so we have to learn a new set of skills and ways of thinking. It isn't a destination, it's a journey, a continuous journey of self-discovery. It starts by accepting responsibility for the bits of our life that are not working and then developing on a step-by-step, day-by-day basis, resilience, courage and compassion so that we can face up to the challenge of changing them. This account is not in any way a series of explanatory lectures on Buddhist philosophy. It's very much an extended conversation. A personal practice sorry, a personal, practical, utterly down-to-earth conversation that follows very much the journey of practice and study that I have taken over the past 18 years or so to the point where this practice brings immense value in every day, every area of my life on a daily basis. It enriches and strengthens my marriage, for example, in ways that are too numerous to mention. No marriage is without tension and conflict. In that sense, Buddhism is a great marital aid or a great partnership aid perhaps whenever it's appropriate why because arguments between people who share intimately in each other's lives can be the most savage and the most fiercely destructive both parties know so well the other's vulnerabilities buddhist practice delivers into the hands of both parties the most powerful mechanism for the for bringing those rows to a halt rapidly and healing the wounds I speak only from experience, but you don't have to get married to feel the benefits. The same mechanisms, the same approach applies just as powerfully in any environment where people are working together. It has brought a depth and vitality to my relationships with my children, my friends, and that I can only have hoped for. It has transformed the way I relate to everybody I encounter in the course of the day, from the news agent's assistants to colleagues at work. It hasn't taken away any of the problems or the challenges that are inherent in all our lives. 
There is nothing seamless about a Buddhist approach to life. Anger, irritation, frustration, disappointment, grief. They all continue as part of the daily mix of emotions. But I see them more clearly for what they are. They don't take over and there is not the slightest doubt that Buddhism has increased by a vast amount the sum total of happiness in my daily life and those whom my life touches. Happiness is in many ways a slippery sort of word because it is so subjective. What indeed is true happiness? But achieving a deeper understanding of what we mean by happiness, the difference, for example, between what might be called short-term rapture over some exciting event and a sustained deep-down sense of well-being even in the presence of considerable problems, is in, in undeniably important to the way we live our lives. In many ways, it is the thread that runs continuously through all that follows. So that third part was a little bit short and sweet, but tomorrow we'll start on chapter two and it's called A Personal Journey. So until tomorrow, take care. <laughs>